Welcome to episode 120 of the Business of Making podcast. In this episode, we're talking all about influencer marketing, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's dive in. Do you want to make it as a maker? This is the Business of Making podcast with your hosts, Michaela Denvers, Deb Engelmeyer, and Jess Van Den. We know from experience that growing a handmade business is bloody hard work. We're here to make it a little bit easier for you by dishing out reality-based, no BS, tried and tested advice on how to make your business work. Tune in every week for an honest conversation on what it really takes to make a creative business a success. Welcome everyone or welcome back to the business of making. I'm your host today and I'm Deb and I'm here with Mick. Hello. And Jess. Good day. And today we are still talking about social media. We're kind of on a bit of a roll with that. We just felt like talking about it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Any thoughts uh, specifically on this topic, which is the good, the bad and the ugly of influencer marketing. So I guess we'll first, you know, define what it is and then dive into why we think it's good and also what we really don't like about it. (laughs) Try not to go on too many tangents and why we think social media can be brutal for society. Anyway, (laughs) before we dive uh, in, I want to uh, read you a part of a review that was left for us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I think it's been Apple Podcasts for years now. I should really stop saying iTunes. (laughs) And it's a lovely review that says, you make it all okay. I've been on a roller coaster ride over the last two years making jewelry and selling it. And you have given me so much. You make me laugh out loud when I'm deep in the woods walking the dog. You have stopped all of my sleepless nights and taken away the worry. I'm so grateful to you. I'm going to become a patron. Yay! So (laughs) to say thank you, thank you so very much. For everyone else, even if you don't have a business, this podcast will get you a lot closer. It is a pleasure to be with these ladies always. That is so lovely. Thank you. I hope you listen to that in the wood walking your dog because I really like this little picture in my head of you walking, (laughs) laughing out loud (laughs) while you're walking the dog. But thank you so much. Um, And for those of you who are like, what's a patron? We have a Patreon account. You can find us at patreon.com slash T-B-O-M. And essentially, we don't run ads in the show. It's created by makers for makers. And so we rely on the support of our Patreons. I think it starts at, what's the lowest tiers, lady? I actually forgot. $3? $3 a month or something like that. And then it goes up a little bit and you get some perks, including special exclusive episodes that you only get access to if you're a patron. Some funny behind-the-scenes videos that we record after each episode um, and a bunch more. So I'll let you go to patreon.com slash tbom for all the details. And for those of you who are already patrons, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> on to today's topic though which is influencer marketing so should we start with a little definition or explanation of what it is for those who yeah are i think that's a good idea what? yes i think so so who's diving in <laughs> <laughs> okay so okay first of all i just want to say i hate this this term but we're using it because it's kind of the industry standard an influencer generally is somebody who has a big or an engaged social media following generally social media. They could be on Instagram, they could be on TikTok, they could be on YouTube, doesn't really matter. They're basically very famous in their small niche of people and usually they, especially the ones who specialize in you know, being an influencer, they will take money to promote products and services on their platform of choice, okay? So someone who is very successful on Instagram might accept 
know, payment to promote your product or some of the smaller influencers will just take the product as payment. But I think that's becoming less common. I think back in the old, back in the old days, that was <laughs> much more common that you could just send somebody a product and they would like write a blog post about it or, you know, talk about it on their Instagram feed. But it's definitely turning into a big business for a lot of people and it's how they make their money. It's kind of an ecosystem where they need products to promote and the people who make the products need someone to promote it for them. So we talked a little bit in our last episode, which was, are you spending too much time on social media? We talked a little bit about this whole ecosystem of, or actually, I think it might have been our patrons episode, which was, do you need social media to succeed? That's our latest patrons only episode. We talked a little bit about this whole issue of, uh, you know, do you have to be on social media? And for those of you who really don't either want to be on social media or don't, generally, I guess it would be you don't want to spend the time on social media or you want to take advantage of someone else's platform. That's where this comes in. Basically, you're, instead of spending the time to invest to grow your own platform, you're sort of shortcutting that by spending money to buy somebody else's platform to get onto their platform, right? So it's like anything in marketing, you have to spend time or you have to spend money. You have to spend one of them. So if you're more willing to spend money, you can invest the money on getting your products in front of the audiences of these influencers. I think that's that's in it in a nutshell. A good summary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good summary. Thank you, Jess. I'm very happy I didn't have to do it because it's <laughs> lovely to listen to it. <laughs> it's also, I guess, worth noting that it's been around for a while, as in yes. even before Instagram, Facebook, etc., just in a different form. So people would, when blogging was very much bigger than it is now, people would either pay or give products for people to blog about their products and that would inform, you know, SEO results and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. I guess that's kind of two different, I mean, it's the same, but one is more focused. Yeah, one's more focused on SEO rather than the person being an influencer per se, whereas Mm. the current iteration of social media really is relying on the engagement of that audience to follow what that person's saying. Like the person says, mm. go buy this, and then they go and buy it. Mm. I mean, this has been around forever. It's just that it used to be actual famous people doing this, yeah. celebrities, you know. Celebrities. Which they still do. They do. Um, I mean, think about all the celebrities that brands get to get on their ads. It's the same idea. Mm-hmm. It's just that now the, a lot of these influencers are famous for being famous or they're, <laughs> you know, they're, <laughs> they're famous in a weird little niche so they're not like – Famous to everybody. And mm-hmm. this is, I mean, this is, this is a, a kind of a statement on where we are as, as a society is, you know, th- 20, 30 years ago, everybody watched the same TV shows. Everybody read the same magazines and newspapers. Like we all shared a culture, but that's not the case anymore. Our culture is incredibly fragmented now and people spend their time in their little silo, their little version of the algorithm. Yeah. Their little community of people who think the same way that. And they're interested in the same things as them. So these influencers are generally incredibly famous to their community, but you probably have never heard of them if you're not in that community. Mm, Yeah. So let's just start with the practicalities of it. How would somebody go about finding an influencer and working with an influencer in this whole thing? Well, you have to think about an influencer as a brand because that's what they are. They, they've built essentially a personal brand around themselves and so it has to align with your brand and essentially their audience has to have 
a very serious overlap with yours so that they would be interested in your products. So I think it just actually starts by a lot of research and actually understanding who your audience is and who they're following on. I'm going to use social media as an example because I think it's just the easiest, but it could be, I'm grouping YouTube in it for this episode. YouTube, Instagram are probably the two biggest platform for kind of influencer marketing these days. And just really understanding like the people who are buying my products, when they go to YouTube and Instagram, who do they follow? Who do they engage with? So that you can get a clue as to who to contact. And that would kind of be the next stage, which would be actually pitching your products. It's kind of like, it's a new version of like the press as well. Like, you mm-hmm. know, pitching your products like you would for a magazine, except you're pitching it to a person and saying, hey, would you be willing to work with me on this? So I think it's an enormous part of the job is finding the right fit. Because I think what you have to think about the other side, influencers get requests all the time. Mm-hmm. Do you want to promote this? Do you want to promote that? And I think it's really easy to see through the copy-pasted thing that you send and you've changed mm-hmm. like two words and a half and you've sent it like 15 times in the last 15 minutes. People can see through that and often that's not going to get your results. So it's important to really get to know the influencer that you want to reach out to, build some sort of relationship beforehand. And that doesn't mean you become best friend with them. It doesn't mean that for three days only before you pitch them, you like suddenly like all their pictures because that's so obvious and like not genuine. But it's like actually entering the community and engaging with them and, you know, so that you stand out as someone that's actually commented before and engaged before and they remember you essentially when mm. you start pitching and saying, hey, by the way, like I make those products, would you be interested in working together? So my question is how, uh, well, this is not a very good question. I don't know how to word this, but it's like if we're talking about the good of influencer marketing, um, what can be the biggest benefits, do you think, of a handmade uh, person getting their products into the hands of an influencer? And um, I think really too can we have a quick little chat around like it'll be different for everyone, so this will be hard to answer anyway, but like what kind of influencer mm-hmm. would be appropriate for handmade goods and I think the answer is really broad. But anyway, I would love to know what your opinions are. Yeah. The answer to the latter is, yeah, it depends on your product. So, you know, if you – I mean, I make jewellery. If you make jewellery, clothes, handbags. anyone, right? It'll be a fashion. It'll be a fashion influence. But not necessarily. Like if I think about um, on a more sort of commercial corporate scale, if you think about Celeste Barber, who's a comedian, mm-hmm. she has been doing makeup, mm-hmm. like sponsorship or whatever, and that doesn't really have anything to do with – comedy but she does it really well so it's like you know it could be any like she could do jewelry doesn't have to be fashion related yeah yeah i mean i couldn't afford to last barber obviously (laughs) (laughs) well maybe you never know but Uh, i very much so that's on like a a larger scale but Mm. i don't know i think it doesn't always necessarily in this space have to align so closely because especially if they're like in the lifestyle influencer yeah because then it's kind of everything, right? Yes. Like it incorporates whatever sort of products. Yeah. 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 So it it does depend on your product, but also on who you want to reach. Mm. Yeah, I think think more backwards that way. Like who are the customers? Who are the people you want to reach? Who are the influencers who they're following? And then go sort of from there, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Mm. So like if you are trying to reach, let's use again Celeste Barber as an example. The people who follow her are people who don't take stuff so seriously like mm-hmm. she she takes the piss out of fashion photography and videos and mm-hmm. other influences and you know people who are like take who are like all beautiful and perfect and she's not you know that's what she plays on is that she's mm. just an average lady so 
if you that's your sort of audience you, you want to get in touch with, then that would be great. But if you are actually after like the 20 year olds who are really obsessed with looking perfect, that's not who you're going to mm. hire to yeah, be. So it comes back to like your brand's values aligning with that person. Exactly. Yes. yes. Yeah. Because that's going to be reflected in their audience. Because that's why we follow people on Instagram because we mm. resonate with the message that they're putting out and that's based on their values. Yeah. So, so cover a very I, much great example. Yeah. I think the reason I asked is because I would think that a lot of people in the handmade industry would automatically go, I need to find a handmade influencer, you know, like that's There's no no. such thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so just getting them to think that it's not, yeah, it doesn't have to be within Mm. like our community. That's not how it works. It's just someone who is going to reach your target audience. And Mm. that kind of goes back to the thing of like, you are not your target audience as well. Mm. You're not your own ideal customer. So, you know, it's all kind of tied into Yeah, it. I mean, you, you might be, but think outside of the box of the handmade industry, like mm. is what we're saying. Like yeah. look further afield than that. Just look for people who are reaching the people who are interested mm, yeah. in what you might have to sell. Mm. Just as an example, which is slightly related but not really, a friend of mine who sells candles in Melbourne managed to get her candles on one of the like, I can't remember what it was, but it was one of the renovation TV shows and they like put it in and so then it was also listed on the website as something Mm. that people could buy or something. Yeah, and that um, was quite cool. So Mm. think about stuff like that too. Well, yeah, Yeah. and that's the old celebrity, getting your stuff on TV, getting your stuff in Mm. magazines. Yeah. Basically, so yeah. it's just mm. another sort of aspect of that. And I think your first question was like, what's the benefit? Like, what's the good? Maybe, you know, like, mm-hmm. what's the benefit? What's the good? And I think one of it is accessibility. Mm-hmm. Both back in the days to get your products in like the newspaper or TV or on radio or whatever. Imagine how difficult that would have been. And if you didn't have the budget, it was out of question. So the big guys were taking the room there. Mm-hmm. But now, because of that fragmentation and those mini sub audiences, you can find influencer, like we're not talking, and I think we should talk a bit later as well about micro-influencer versus mm. influencer, but you don't need someone with millions of followers. In fact, that's never going to work for you because they're going to look at you and go, well, you don't have the budget. Like I'm mm. getting paid a lot by those big brands. So you have to find someone that's got like a few thousands, but really well, like, you know, really engaged. And that's a lot more accessible for someone to actually go connect build that relationship like it's like that networking happens on social media and then you connect with that person and ask to work together so Mm -hmm. that accessibility i think is really important and there's obviously reach like you have access to an audience that you didn't have access like if you don't have one yourself or a smaller one you can tap into other people audiences so that's Mm -hmm. i mean that's everything isn't it that's why marketing exists so i think there's a lot of really good aspect to influencer marketing i think it just needs to be done well and that really comes down to picking the right person to work with and the size of their audience and making sure that they actually have engaged audiences and not just like numbers and mm-hmm. a lot of followers, but not a lot of comment and like and definitely not a lot of yeah. Them, you know. Yeah, also because people can buy followers, so it's like Yes. Don't even look at the number of followers. <laughs> really. Are you considering transitioning to full-time with your handmade business? If so, you'll be happy to know that I'm interrupting a conversation to talk to you about a guide that's going to help you do exactly that. We know it can be scary to jump into your handmade shop being your sole source of income. And so we made it a little bit easier for you by listing out everything we think that you should consider both on the personal and business financial levels so that you feel confident you can transition to full-time safely and that you're not forgetting anything. You can get the guide at thebusinessofmaking.com slash get 
freebies and that's all in one word, get freebies. And you'll also find the link in our website at thebusinessofmaking.com. Back to the show. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Um, how to choose somebody. One of the requirements is that the person should be completely transparent with you about their statistics. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if they're doing this properly, you know, they should have a document or something that actually shows you their stats, like their followers, their engagement levels, previous examples of what's actually happened when people have worked with them, like what's been their follow through. Have those people gotten increased sales and stuff like that? They probably won't necessarily have that, but that's a good one to ask them about. Especially if you're paying money. Yes. That's, instead this of is just what giving I mean. a product. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm talking yeah. about when you're actually paying money mm-hmm. now. Uh, but even someone who is just taking a product off you, they need to be transparent and open with you about these sorts of things. Not necessarily that they put it out publicly, but as a potential business partner, which is what you will be, if they're like hesitant or refuse to give you that sort of data, don't work with them mm. because they're being cagey about it and that's just not on as far as I'm exactly. concerned. Yeah, I mean, what it's, it's, yeah. It's dodgy. They're not being a good, transparent, honest business person. Like I've done this stuff in the past when I used to be a relatively successful blogger, I guess you would say. I got lots of opportunities come my way from my blog. Yeah, I would get people think, would you be willing to promote this thing or blah, blah, blah. I didn't do it that often, but when I did, you know, I was open with what they would get in return. You know, you're going Mm. to get. And also, yes, this is the other thing. Make sure they're very clear on what they're actually going to give you. Mm. So you will get one post on their feed. You will get four stories on their Instagram. They will link to you directly, blah, blah. Like they should be very clear on what you're going to get in return, what they're actually going to do to promote, not just like, oh, I'll promote your product what does that yeah. look like and then what does that also mean? also when like when yes. are they going to do it because you could be waiting months and months and like are they going to do it and then you sort of ask them they're like yeah it's coming next week it's like oh gosh just make sure that you have all of that set up you need a little contract you know yes. like a an agreement that you both agree to so you know what page you're on and what page they're on and all yeah. that kind of stuff and if they're a professional they should have one that they will then yes. just give to you yes and this is the thing because there'll be people who are on the verge there'll be people who are mm. like the micro influencers who kind of have just accidentally started doing this stuff and they might not be as organized but if you know what you should expect then you can maybe help them along that journey a little yeah. bit yeah and just say well this is what i expect as your customer because that's what you are mm-hmm. you're their client or their customer and uh, don't be afraid to ask for all of those things. Don't feel like you're bothering them or that you're being annoying or like, no, it's just it's business. A business transaction. It's business. Yeah. These are things they should be able to tell you. Mm, for sure. Yeah. I agree. So I guess we could quickly go through the things that could go wrong, like the bad, <laughs> the bad yeah. sides. Before we then, can we just another definition I want to put in because I think there's a bit of confusion and it's, there's an overlap between micro-influencers, which are influencers with smaller audience, right, which is probably most, mostly what we're talking about in this episode, mm-hmm. and brand ambassadors. Okay, yeah, good idea. And I think we should probably define it a little bit. And let me know if I'm even wrong with that. But in my mind, a brand ambassador is someone that genuinely likes your product and uses it and will repeatedly promote it. Repeatedly, both, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really probably being a keyword and also genuinely love it. So it's actually... Yes. 
someone that will over a few months or a few years probably post several times about it because they are using it in their day-to-day life and that so that shows into their Instagram. And so Instagram or where, whatever platform versus micro-influencers is often going to be a one-shot type thing unless you obviously organize like a repeat promo. But And it's also you, you're paying them to do it or you're giving them a product to mm. do it. They might not necessarily love the product, so it might feel less genuine. It might be less convincing <laughs> sometimes yeah i think that's a good definition i think um, micro influencers perhaps is more like a it's like a paid advertisement type deal yeah. whereas a brand ambassador is probably already a customer mm. and so mm. yeah you have that relationship with them it's more of a collaboration i suppose rather than a paid transaction kind of thing mm-hmm. i it, yeah. again there's like all, all sorts of caveats to that though so yeah, brand ambassadors are generally doing because they love your product and yeah. they just genuinely want to share it with people. Yeah. And they get free products because generally, yes. usually you will send them the new products or whatever. Yes. Mm-hmm. So there's perks for them in that in that regard, yeah. I think too you can, it's sort of going back to the good part, but anyway, um, <laughs> you can, if you develop really good relationships with, you know, where you're retailing or consigning your goods to, mm-hmm. that can turn into a bit of a brand ambassadorship if mm-hmm. they then have socials and they're posting a lot about your stuff above and beyond what the agreement is. So mm-hmm. that can work really nicely too sometimes, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. This can work really well. Like if you've found a good fit and you've picked the right person, then hopefully some of their followers will love your stuff and then go and buy it or at least follow you and now they'll know about you and then you can foster that relationship going forward. I mean, again, be clear on your goal here. What is it you're hoping to get out of this transaction? Are you wanting to get actual direct sales? Are you going to do some sort of promo with them? Like you could say, okay, I'm going to offer a 10% discount code to the people who buy through you and that way you can track who's coming from that particular promotion. That's a really good thing to do for that reason, but also because it's a bit of a scarcity thing and time-bound. For the next 48 hours, anyone who buys through, you know, my link or uses this promo discount code for my special people will get the discount. So that's a really good thing to do. But also be clear. Be clear on what you're trying to achieve here. If you're trying to get sales, do something like that so that you are more likely to get direct sales. But if you want people to follow you on instagram or a platform or subscribe to your mailing list or whatever then work that out with them and they can promote it in that way as well yep uh deb you are muted let's start that over again (laughs) should we dive into the bad and the ugly yes let's do that let's i'm weirdly excited about that (laughs) i'm like yes well actually i don't know i don't really have too many bad and uglies on the business side unless you pick the right influencer and you don't know their stats and it just is throwing money and products at, without results. But I have so much to say on the more like society aspect of it. <laughs> I don't know if it's relevant to this podcast and if we're going there or not. Well, let's do the business stuff and then we can dive into the other stuff for those who want to see. Maybe the bad it. is the, the bad for business and ugly we can I dive think into. so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'll wait for ugly. <laughs> Well, yeah, the bad is that obviously you could be wasting your time and your money. Yeah. yeah. And also you could do a, a promo that's a misalignment. So you could pick the wrong person that is not well aligned with your actual brand ethos if you haven't done your research properly. Especially these days, that probably goes into the ugly aspect of things, but people are very touchy about what people say and et cetera, et cetera. So just make sure that the person you are working with aligns with what you are happy to 
have aligned with your mm. business. Make sure they're in, you know, the same sphere and, and do the research so you're not wasting money and wasting time on this. And, and make sure you're working, as we said, make sure you're not working with a grifter or a scammer or somebody, you know, who's not actually going to do what they said they're going to do. Something you could do is have a look at back in their history. If this is something they do regularly, contact people who've worked with them in the past. Contact the people who they've promoted in the past and say, hey, just wondering, I'm thinking about working with so-and-so. Can you tell me if you had a good experience or Mm. not? I mean, you can also ask the person you're working with for references, you know. Yeah, exactly. Say, what are your references? I'm going to – because you're employing them. Like, that's what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. So, but also be careful because they might send you to their friends who are like, will be nice about yeah. it. So <laughs> look back yeah, in. This is an see. unregulated industry. It totally yeah. is. So don't be afraid of doing your due diligence and protecting yourself by yeah. doing this research. Like you're not being a stalker or weird by going and seeing who they've worked with in the past and seeing if it's, it's actually been a good experience for everybody concerned. Yeah, there's also some databases um, for – so I don't know if they exist for like nano influencers, which is really less than maybe two or 3,000 followers. They definitely exist for above that, like micro-influencers and, then of course, like, you know, the very big guys. But there are some databases out there and some website that you can look up where – because, you know, for those influencers, those who take it seriously, that is their job and they are working every day on Instagram so you don't have to. <laughs> audience to then sell essentially those promotions to you so for those who take it seriously they will probably be on those websites which is often a good way to already filter out people who kind of know what they're doing and are professional with it and often this will help you really track your stats and you know you'll have like previous promo they've done and you can filter for your audience so you'll be able to say i'm looking for someone who have audience with People with curly hair because I'm selling whatever is, um, you know, I don't know because I've cut curly hair. That's what came to my mind. <laughs> Very original. But, you know, so it's it's nice, those databases. So maybe look into that as well to avoid, like, the bad matches and the bad people there because there are plenty. And also if someone contacts you, often it's mm. weird. So many of my members have had that lately where you get this DM and at first it's exciting and you're like, they have like a lot of followers, but then you start looking into like what they've been posting and the engagement on there. And it's weird. It's not even really niche. They post a bit of everything and you can just tell it's an account that's been created with some bots. I don't know, like buying followers essentially. And then they outreach to people often to people with small audiences because they feel like they're more vulnerable mm-hmm. and ask for money to promote on their thing. And that's just so freaking wrong. Like, I'm so pissed off at that. Yeah, be very careful about who you work with. I get them all the time. On all my accounts, I constantly get these spam messages like, hey, we'd love you to be an ambassador for our, you know, fitness brand or whatever. And I'm like, mm, what? I, am, yeah. <laughs> I don't really, even talk really about that know. stuff on this channel, yeah. like on this platform. Like, what are you talking about? So, yeah, I mean, anyone who reaches out to you to ask you for money, (laughs) always be skeptical, very skeptical of that, okay? I mean, it could work. It's not always dodgy, but always, always think three times. Don't just think twice. Mm -hmm. Think thrice about whether this is a good choice, a good person, and a good way to spend. Again, coming back to what we were talking about in the last episode, return on investment is this going to be a good return on investment? Mm-hmm. I think I've told this story before, but I got approached by Vogue many years ago, Vogue magazine. And they're like, we'd love to have you in our blah, blah, blah section in the magazine. 
it's only going to cost you $500, you know, to have your product featured in this section. And I'm like, no, (laughs) you know, sure. I could say I've been in Vogue, but it's an ad and Mm. it's this one little tiny cutout on like a page of cutout things. And for $500, I think it was like US dollars as well. I was like, you know what? No, I don't think that's going to get me enough sales to be worth the money that I am putting Mm. in. Mm. So I said, no. Don't you don't have to say yes to every opportunity that comes your way. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I look at the costs as well. Like I think we mm. forget too often when we send like if you send products, of course it's costing you to create that product. But it feels like it costs less than if you pay like two hundred bucks in ads to Instagram for some reason, because it's not cash. Like there's this weird like psychological thing where you're like, Well, I've already got this product made, so I just need to send it. Mm. But like you could have sold that. So it's not just the cost of the product, that's yes. the block cost of the sale you're not gonna make of that product. So, you know, retail price you're losing, not just the cost of the materials. So, you know, every time you invest with an influencer, you're investing at least a product, maybe sometimes a product and a fee. Sometimes it's just a fee, no product. So making sure that, yeah, there's a return for sure. Mm-hmm. I'd consider really spend time finding the right people. Like I think too many people jump in and they send all these pitches and these things to people who maybe are aligned and maybe they're going to, you know, kind of throwing things around and seeing what sticks. And it's like, it's better if you actually reach out to only like three to four people that you've really researched, you've spent some time on their account, you really, you genuinely like them and you're interested in what they have to say, because it often will work better. It feels better. And also you can maybe have that repeat that we were talking about before, because I Mm -hmm. think you can't forget that social media, you know, the post goes out and then what? And, you know, it's, it's there for a few lines on the feed on Instagram and then as like this person keeps posting and it goes down your post and it's not going to be repeated so there's also like you know there's reach but repeat reach is better because not all of the followers of this person are going to see that one post Mm -hmm. find someone that's interested in posting multiple times or multiple products or you know like repeatedly like over the year doing it a few times like promoting your products or your collection or whatever i think that's a lot more interesting than the Mm one-off yeah maybe even than the one-off on three different accounts like three posts with a really good person probably better than three random posts on three different accounts yeah yeah experiment (laughs) hey there maker are you loving the business of making podcast We're loving bringing it to you, but we really need your support to continue producing the show. You can support us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. And depending on your level of support, you can get perks like behind the scenes and extra special content, including video, a link to your shop on our website, and even a shout out on the podcast itself. Every month, we also release a secret podcast episode available only to our platinum patrons. Just head on over to thebusinessofmaking.com forward slash support. Okay, so let's dive into the ugly aspect of things. First of all, how do we feel about even using this form of marketing? Like some people might just be like, no, I'm, I'm not interested in promoting or being part of that ecosystem. On the weekend, just before lockdown, I saw some of my friends and somehow this topic of influencers came up and I was like, oh my God, I've been called that. Like I've had emails where someone's like, you're an influencer in this space. And I'm like, and then I'm like, I hate being called an influencer or a coach. Or like, I am not those things. I'm just a teacher and mm. I, you know, I use these platforms to hopefully educate people or mentor people. And then they're all like, give me crap going, ah, we know what to call you to annoy you. Like 
Yeah. But you if know. you're an American, this is a sign of affection in Australia. Like your friends give you crap in an affectionate way. Uh, they're like, you know, so we know we're to, we're to call you an influencer if we want to annoy you. Yeah. And I hate, I hate it. I like, I do not want to be called this. Yeah. The word makes me cringe too. Like influencer, I guess, I don't know, because it, it feels forceful. And it's not. It just feels like empty to me. Is, yeah, I feel like su- a suggester would have been a better name. Like an influencer just sounds like the power of any of those bad. Any of those names are bad though, because it's like you're influencing someone to do something. You're persuading someone. You're manipulating someone. That's like what it comes yes, back to, right? Exactly. It's like you're changing but someone's mind about something, isn't it? Because the power of influence mm. of someone. If it was someone campaigning for a human right campaign that you're really behind, and you're like, oh, this person is influencing so many people to like sign up for this petition, you'd be all for it. So it's like it's more a matter of like what are but, you? But we're selling products. Other products say yeah, as well. It's like you know, it's capitalism. So <laughs> like. <laughs> But I think, like, the word influencer carries, like, all this negative stuff because of what it's become. But mm. in itself, it shouldn't be bad. And, like, I'm sorry, Jess, but you are an influencer because you have a bigger audience than me. And that's why we get these emails that say, like, promote my stuff. And you're like, no, because because we care. Because, like, yeah. it's too easy to take that money and then recommend something you absolutely do not believe in and, like, force yourself to do a video on something yeah. you yeah, and I refuse to do anything like but that. But even if you do believe in it, I don't know. I just feel like the whole thing is, I don't know. It, yeah, it's I'm conflicted. <laughs> yeah, I'm conflicted. Yeah. Like I don't, again, I don't run ads on my podcast. We don't ad, run ads on this podcast. We could. Yeah. There's so many podcasts I listen to and then they come up to the ad section and I'm just like, yeah, you say you love this product and use Are you? Is it real? Are you just lying to me? Are you using this product because they gave it to you and you're like, oh, yeah, this is okay. And then it just seems disingenuous to me. And it mm. like I was listening to one the other day. There were like four ad breaks and every single one of them was him like saying about this product I love. And I'm like, no, I think mm. you, you're telling me lies. Like I'm like I'm not listening to your podcast anymore because it just seems fake to me. Yeah, well, it's just disingenuous. And But even when it is genuine – and that's where I think going back to the brand ambassador can work really well because if they're already a customer, they obviously like your product. But even just the whole <laughs> marketing is bad. <laughs> it's like capitalism yeah. is bad. It's not. It's not. <laughs> no, it's nuance. not. But yeah. I think that's where my hesitation comes in. But it's funny because like we're having this discussion about it, but I wouldn't hesitate to use an influencer if I was selling products. So, you mm. know, it's all a big conflict anyway dilemma yeah i think yeah i I guess it comes back to for me it comes back to integrity Mm. okay i'd be happy to and i have promoted something in the past that i actually really do believe in but i'm incredibly selective Mm -hmm. about it like i'm not just going to take i'm not just going to take money from someone because they're willing to give it to me Mm -hmm. and i think from the perspective of being an influencer i feel like a lot of them are very aren't as selective and I feel like a lot of it's disingenuous. Mm. Yeah. But I think from the perspective of a, a customer of an influencer, I think you want to look at that as well and go, well, you know, how honest are they? And what what other things do they promote? Like do they promote other things that you're like, mm. like I wouldn't want to work with somebody who promoted certain products that I think are harmful or, mm. you know, nonsense or whatever. Mm. Like there's a lot of that out there. Mm. And I'm like, so I wouldn't want to work with somebody who – was willing to do that so yeah yeah it's, it, it's not agree. easy 
I think yeah. it comes down to our genuinely the the influencer believes in the product and mm. often they just don't they just do it because it's their job to be an influencer. Yeah, so it's, like, it's payday, which is fine. Like that's fine. I'm not like saying yeah. that that person earning money is a bad thing no, because it's not. That's no. what they've chosen to do. That's completely fine. But yeah, I, I'm just not sure how beneficial it is for like authentic brands to do it i don't know it'd be really interesting to well, learn more about like again it comes down to like approaching the right people like mm. i don't know i know i've only done one paid promotion for my business and it was for tailwind i don't care i'm saying mm. it i disclaimed it the day i did it and that's because for years before that i've been recommending tailwind yeah. every week and yeah like, like if you're already again already like, a customer right yeah. so it's like you already with that because it was something i truly believed in but i say mm-hmm. no like weekly to requests from my youtube channel essentially because i'm like i don't even know who you are like that's not my business model so i have the freedom to say no to these things the problem is yes. that yes. influencers who are influencers because that's their business model they can't really say no because like that's how they make money so then they mm-hmm. start promoting products they don't really believe in and that's where i'm like ah oh, that's a bit weird i don't know and then the podcast as well I get annoyed too, like those blocks of ads. I just skip mm-hmm. them now. It's too easy. Yeah, I skipped them. 30 as well. second, 30 second, 30 second <laughs> forward. They're so long. Like sometimes podcasts start like 15 minutes in and you're like, all I've heard is ads and you haven't started talking about this topic. So I think I'd actually prefer podcasts to have ads that are like made by the ad the yes, person. Because when it's like the person talking, I'm like, are you still doing an ad or are you back to the podcast now? Like yeah, it's hard yeah, to yeah. tell where it finishes okay so that's the thing if you do the ad yourself and you're like i just want to quickly tell you guys about this magical energy drink i've been drinking because you really actually love this drink fair but when it's just to make it more personal but really you don't care about the Mm. drink it's like you can tell and it'd be better if the the brand actually sent you a snippet of audio Mm. that you would insert like on radio you know like the Mm. radio ad yeah to be fair i prefer when they make it obvious as an ad there's this one, yeah. I won't name and shame, but there's this one podcast and I like a lot of his, what he does on the show, but he'll often, he'll just be talking about something and then he'll segue and into like, something oh, and about way. five minutes later you're like, and then he's like, oh, and you can get this from, and I'm like, fuck, this was an ad the whole time and I didn't mm. even know. Sorry for swearing. I don't know. I was going to say, you like, swore. You I, feel well, passionate. That's because that <laughs> I was lied to. Yeah, yeah. You, I thought you were being genuine about this particular compound of this mm-hmm. particular, again, it's a fitness, health and fitness podcast. He, it's a huge one too. Some of you who might even know who I'm talking about if you listen to this podcast, but he'll talk about this amazing thing. You're like, that sounds really cool. Oh, that's really, like he'll talk about the scientific studies behind it and blah, blah, blah. And he'll be like, and you can get it. Now and this is actually this a company. paid partnership. <laughs> he never says that though. Mm. He just goes, and you can, you know, get 10% yeah. off if you use my code. I'm like, yeah. man, really? Like, yeah. Yeah. that just a really. You get it. Yeah. You're like, I was so into this and now yes. I get it. Because, yeah. yeah, it's disengineering and it's like, you realize that there was like a second goal behind this thing. Yeah. That you're aware of. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the intention was not what uh, I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like our problem is the fact that influencer exists as a business model now. Like if this wasn't the case, but it has always been the case though, hasn't it? Like mm-hmm. if you think about like TV and radio, what were they before? Like without ads, nothing. Like the only reason we had TV shows was because they could play. I think because when an ad comes on TV, radio, and sometimes in podcasts, you know it's an ad. You know you're yes, being advertised that's, to. Yes, that's and the it's thing. And the, it's the dupe. It's the like yes. you're being tricked into thinking that this is a personal recommendation and it is mm-hmm. not because they're being paid to recommend that product. 
So I think it's that. That's Well, that's like on Instagram and YouTube now. They have policies where you have to say yes. it's an ad. Like yeah. you actually yeah. have to hashtag an ad or say that this is a paid Yeah, thing. and it's promoted, doesn't it? In yes. Yeah. Which I think is great. Uh, yes. That helps. Yeah. And and it was back in the – I remember back in the day, back in the day again. This is the same blogging. episode where you said back in the day or was that last know. episode? I don't know. We've just re- this is the third one we've recorded in a back row. In I've lost days. track. <laughs> when you would – like affiliate marketing? Because I did mm-hmm, a bit of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there were laws in America about you have to disclose that this is an affiliate link. Mm. And, I mean, that's not a law here, but I still followed those because I thought it was mm. fair enough to say this isn't, you know, you put affiliate after it or AF after it or whatever and just make yeah. it clear that this is actually, if somebody clicks on this and then buys from it, you get a kickback from it. Mm-hmm. I think that's good too. I think it's really important. that, And I think that's the thing. It's the transparency and honesty. Yeah. That matters to me the most. If someone's yeah. transparent, if someone is an influencer and they're like, hey, somebody sent me this thing, they're paying me 500 bucks to promote it, it's okay. <laughs> Maybe if you like this and this, check it. Like, cool, you're being honest about mm. it. And, you know, there's plenty of like travel people and stuff and I'm like, well, of course you're probably going to say it's good, but, you know, maybe at least be honest about it. Mm. And I think that's the thing is all the people who are like, I'm going to give you my honest opinion. Yeah. But that's different. Like, yeah. is it an honest opinion or is it an ad that someone's just going to say it's good? It's like celebrity. I see, you know, you see so many celebrities promoting, I don't know, Uber or whatever. Like, I'm like, do you really need the money? Why are you doing this? <laughs> it's because you really believe in the product or are you really hard up? It's funny because the, what is it? The bloody the menu log ad, oh, which yeah. has Snoop Dogg in it. I was like, how much would they have paid him to do this? Because, oh, like, of fine. course he wouldn't do it otherwise. It's fucking many. Apparently he got paid millions and millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, okay, so it's the brands wanting those celebrities. And then I'm like, like I'm never going to use you because I can't stand Snoop Dogg. I think he's a terrible human being. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not – I'm you know, and, and that's the thing. You turn some people off and you're going to turn some people yeah. on with mm. it. So, yeah. You know, yeah. This is what I like about – ads that are just ads like on tv yeah 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 <laughs> you don't like an ad and you don't like this brand and you're like this ad was real crap like what is that even <laughs> it doesn't really reflect on the network you know what mm-hmm. i mean like yeah it's, i know what you mean it's just a slot like they someone's place yes to be there yes but with influencers they it reflects on them whatever yes. they want as well so that alignment with values is so 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 important mm-hmm. and vice versa for you as the brand mm-hmm. as well Yes. Enter and suddenly someone you really don't align with is recommending your products, it can do damage as well. Mm, yeah. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And I mean, some people just don't care as much as we do <laughs> about yeah. this. Yeah. And that's your prerogative. If you're like, I don't care, yeah. I just want to get my stuff in front of as many people as possible, then, you know, cool. that's yeah. your choice. Do you think that influencers that essentially they're famous for being famous? Yes. We know the one. Like I'm talking about the lifestyle. Like Kim Kardashian? Uh, yeah, yeah, Kim She's Kardashian. like the major example of that. But like, I guess she did before that. She was a celebrity already. You know, was what she? I, mean? I thought well, she, she did a sex it. tape, and she well, was like, "That's how it started." But that's <laughs> any other. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, but she had the Kardashian show, whatever it's called. Yeah, but yeah, they have a TV just show. Famous for being famous. You're just yeah, famous well, for showing your yourself on television. They're famous because they're on television. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, yeah. I don't well, know how they I'm got there in the first place. But lots of people on television aren't famous anyway doesn't matter yeah but i'm more kind of at peace with that because i'm like hey whatever there's a celebrity that's what they do like of course she's huge on instagram but i'm more talking about like the 32k followers yeah influencer on instagram that's like 24 and and like promotes green smoothies and like <laughs> yeah. this perfect life and you know and and like exercise and do yoga and all this stuff and i don't know it's just like there's plenty of other you know stereotypes that i could 
putting mm-hmm. it up because I feel like I'm boxing people in, which is terrible. But, you know, I guess what I'm not sure about is should this exist? Like, is this wrong that someone woke up one morning and was like, I'm going to become an influencer? And like, I'm, it's to me, it goes way beyond like business and all. It becomes like a philosophical issue of like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, what's the purpose of your life? Like, what are you doing? You know, you're basically a mannequin. Or, you know, a store mannequin. But, you know, at the same time, it's diversification of people being independent and creating their own wealth. Yes, so, true. So, like, that's not a that bad too. thing. No, yeah. that's not a bad thing. I'm in support of that, obviously. No, but then it's like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I feel But about. even, like, I don't know, even I feel like that sometimes. You know, what am I doing with my life? I'm making YouTube videos. I mean, that's not you what I'm doing, though. For their business, yeah, exactly. Yes, but... Oh. But I think that's, you know, it can it's seep into anything. In order to do that, it's not like the reverse, you know? Yes, but I understand where people are coming from. Like, hey, my businesses, they're like, I feel uncomfortable about selling. I feel uncomfortable about putting myself out there and marketing myself yeah. because I feel like, you know, is it disingenuous or whatever? And I think it's important that people realize that a lot of people do feel that way, you know, sometimes. But also that's fine like yeah i think deb you're kind of getting at the point that you know in an ideal world every business endeavor or every endeavor should have like a social enterprise underpinning it as in like how are you making the world better but it just doesn't right like some people just don't don't have that and that's yeah you're right i was just living the world of like unicorn and rainbows yeah (laughs) (laughs) and this is this is also important i think you need to think about how your business does improve people's lives because it does if somebody buys something from you, it's because it improves their life in some way. And just get clear on that. I struggled with that with my jewelry business. Like, I'm making jewelry. How am I improving people's lives? You know, well, I make wedding rings, you know, so people are wearing that symbol of their love on their, on their finger. And, you know, I make jewelry that might make somebody make feel more happy. confident. Yeah, like, exactly. That can't be undermined. Like, exactly. That's valuable. So whenever you're thinking about your marketing, always come from that perspective of what is my product doing for people? How is it improving their lives? And realize the value of what you do. And I guess don't get so hung up on how you get it out there as long as you're doing it in an honest way. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very nice pill, Jen. That's a very nice question. I like that. We're we're getting that AMSR, ASMR. ASMR. What is it? Yeah. It's one of those pillows from like years ago that's got the oh, sequins. Oh, wait, is that pillows or sequins? Oh, sequins. It's sequins that go like the two the different directions. Sequins, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very sequins. Segue. I just got it out from behind my back and they're like, ooh, look at that. <laughs> Sparkly. What's this shiny object that you just. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything else we want to say on this topic? No, I think we've covered a lot. I mean, we could keep talking about this forever, but I think we're getting out of the, you know, we're getting out of like the helpful handmade business advice and more into like, do we like influencers or not, which mm. we'll never be able to even know what we feel about. It's it. complicated. Yeah, I don't think there's a, yeah, it's, I don't think it's anything that we'll be able to reconcile because it's a bigger, for me, it's a bigger conversation around yes. capitalism and how we exist as women trying to create our own wealth and yes. exist in a world of capitalism which is like two completely like conflicting things so you know <laughs> you just have to be like okay well okay yeah, yeah. life yeah, is complicated is. yeah it's interesting the older i get the more i realize how gray everything is mm. yeah. i was so yeah, black and white when i was younger oh my god i have a little funny anecdote about the black and white and the gray thing it's unrelated but maybe we can wrap Love up it. That. so Let's i was doing do a course recently can't remember which one but i was explaining it's not black and white and there's nuances of gray for some reason, I forgot about the books and the movies, and I thought that Fifty Shades of Grey 
was an actual like English idiom, like an, a thing, like you know, that it existed before the movie and the book. Oh, I learned a cool lesson with that, and I go and repeat it in there like so many times, and edited it, put it on Vimeo. I was about to put it on the website, and anyway, in the middle of the night, I woke up in this like pan- you know sometimes <laughs> yeah, like, your subconscious panic. is like what are you doing? Totally. It was working behind my scenes, going deb 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 no no deb. And like I woke up, woke me up, and I was like, "If Fifty Shades of Grey, like a thing that people actually say is that it's just this movie and this book. I don't think it existed before that. I think it became an expression because of that." And I was like, "I've used it all the way through a lesson. <laughs> I've got to re-record and re-edit this whole thing. It's terrible." And I was like, "Oh, I need to check my English a bit more because I feel like I was doing that a lot more in my first few years creating yeah. content. And now that I care less and feel more confident about my English, I don't double check as much as I should." Anyway, so I really thought the whole thing of just saying that was very funny. I wish you just very, left it in. It would have been hilarious. <laughs> that is good. Anyway, so we'd love to hear what you think. If you're in our Facebook group, you can tell us over at uh, facebook.com. Just search for the business I'm making and you can have your say. Obviously, if you're one of our patrons, we'd love to hear from you as well. Or on Instagram, we're at the business I'm making. You can hit us up in the DMs. Or share this or great partnership please contact <laughs> <laughs> yes do you want us to promote your work on our podcast um, no lucky we've well. actually thought about this in the past haven't we briefly well i mean you get a shout out I if you become a patron so you do so you i guess yeah, a certain, a certain level of patron yes mm, yeah. yeah yeah but i mean we could like we could easily on this show go okay well well, I'll open it up to anyone with a handmade business who wants us to promote. We could charge you $100 and do a shout-out on this show. But, you know, we would never do that because we were even going to read out a review in our last episode and we realized that it was kind of promoting something that we don't want to promote yeah. in the handmade industry. So we didn't even read out the bloody review. So we definitely wouldn't take payment yeah. for that kind of thing either. Yeah. But, I mean, we ha- like if you've listened to older episodes, you've heard us do those Patreon shout-outs. And so – we try to be as genuine with those as we can. We're like, mm. hey, these are people who are patrons and this is what we like about their stuff. And, yeah, so I guess we have done that on this show mm-hmm. in the past and we'll do it again in the future if people sign up to that level of being a patron. I mean, then we would get to the point of, like, if somebody signs up who has a business we don't like, what do we do? Mm. Do we, like, That's interesting. Them? It's not happened. That would be interesting. Would be. <laughs> if you're that person, please don't. If someone signed up and made t-shirt with racist slur, oh yeah, then we would refund them and obviously not do it. No problem. No (laughs) refunding and not promoting that. Like I think we have boundaries. We just don't know what they are because we've never crossed them. Exactly, we've never been tested. Them very easily, and I'm sure we would agree in like a like so quickly. We'd be like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's very true. We'd be fine. We'd know what to do. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully you will too. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much for listening. Again, if you want to support the show because we don't run ads and we are completely reliant on the donations of our listeners, you can become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash T-B-O-M. And we do a special patrons-only episode each month for certain tiers of patrons. And then we also do some funny behind-the-scenes videos and things like that and other perks for being a patron. So thank you, thank you so much to all of our patrons for supporting the show and making it possible for us to afford to keep doing this because we don't earn any money from it any other way. (laughs) (laughs) And we have to pay our lovely producer Ivy to uh, take care of the show for us. So 
Thank you all so much. And we'll be back again with another episode in the not too distant future. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.